Hey everyone, you're listening to Tobin Tuesdays brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM and I'm your host Joe Gonzalez. On today's episode, we have three interviews. First, we spoke with third-year nursing student River Steel Gillis. We also spoke with U of M assistant professor in the Faculty of Arts, Dallas Hunt. And finally, we sat down with local Manitoba band, The Middle Coast. With that being said, let's get to it. The Proceedings of Manitoba's Undergraduate Science and Engineering Research Journal kicked off the new publishing year with a launch party for the release of its latest edition on January 28th. PM User is a peer-reviewed undergraduate journal which covers, according to its website, a wide range of scientific disciplines. While the journal was founded at the University of Manitoba, it accepts any research work carried out in Manitoba by undergraduate students. Volume 4 of the journal officially launched online on December 31st, and with it came the introduction of a new editor-in-chief for the 2019-2020 edition, third-year nursing student River Steel Gillis. Our news and managing editor, Malak Abbas, spoke with River to talk about the journal, including what his plans are for next year's edition as editor-in-chief. I talk a lot with the former editor-in-chief, Matt, and mm-hmm. um, just based on what I heard about it from, from him, uh, collecting funding for it seemed like a relatively difficult and thankless job. Um, Most definitely. Yeah. I, of course, you know, you can't speak in definites, but why do you think that is? Because it... it just based on what little I know about PM user, uh, it seems to provide like a great service. Um, it seems like something that if I was just guessing, I would think the faculty of science and like smaller, like sub faculties or however you call it would jump on the opportunity to throw some funding at this. And it seems to not have been so easy. Why do you think that is? Since I joined last year, um... Well, I won the UMSU Award for Indigenous Community Leaders at the start of 2018. So I had some extra cash. And I mean, like, really, there was no extra cash. It all went on the credit cards. But mm-hmm. in the end, I I was given money for being a leader in the community. And so I couldn't spend that on myself. But what I did decide to do was I decided to fund the cover contest, the okay. cover art contest. I decided to to help with some printing and some expenses for what, uh, what issue was that that you decided to fund? This is volume four. Okay. So this is the one I'm currently massaging right now. I see. Will. I gotcha. Um, but it, it's just because when when I heard about it and when Matt recruited me, it was it, it wasn't something I could turn away from. It was and I mean, yeah, like I'm not being paid for this, but it's still something that it, it needs to be done for the future generations, you know, like this is for them to experience and mm-hmm. For me to get to hold a science and engineering research journal and to know that like I'm going to be published in one of these and like this is a real thing. It's different when you actually hold it and get to experience that with your own senses. Yeah. Um, but so back to the financing. Um, so I joined and I started putting my own personal money and it sounds from previous volumes as well. Same thing. This last in volume four we had. The Faculty of Science, they funded the Best Paper Award. So they gave $250 to, to give to the, the winner of the Best Paper Award. Mm-hmm. Um, Faculty of Agricultural Science and Food Science, they gave $1,500. And that, was, that funded us for a banner stand. That funded us for... Um, I think just publication of volume three, just for promotional. And then mm-hmm. we also had enough to cover a majority of the costs for production. This year, the books cost $1,700 wow. plus 290 for our special issue. Mm-hmm. 
and we only had about $1,100 to put to that. So the rest had to come up from, from the editorial team. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was the 300 I, I committed and contributed, um, and the rest was on Matt or Nicholson or David. And, but it's, we also had Science Students Association. They gave 250 yeah, something, Matt told me something like that. Like a that, was, that helped fund us for a second banner stand mm-hmm. and for a, a lunch, a pizza lunch. So sorry, just to clarify, the, the last, it, like the issue that you're working on now that's coming out. The volume five. Four, that's volume five. Mm-hmm, that'll be coming out for 2019, or I 2020, see. I'm sorry. Okay. Volume four, which just came out, yes, a huge chunk of that was funded by the editorial board. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of factors that play into it, right? Like the Faculty of Science, they have like what five, six, nine thousand students. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a broad topic, right? So that's a, like six to nine thousand students that can just say like, hey, I we're doing research, hey, we're doing this. It's a lot of people to fund. Do you know if there's anything else like PM user? happening in you know the undergrad u of m like science community in terms of like publishing reach sorry publishing research not that i'm aware of i know there's stem yeah stem fellowship is more of uh, a networking a networking organization it's not so much like a physical journal i think the publishing of what of research Mm -hmm. is mostly magazines we have like the um the red line in engineering that's more magazine styled more publishing current defense Mm-hmm. Um, there's the UM Rady, which focuses on the health sciences field, and that's a lot that develops, right? And not all of, they don't publish research articles, but publish more about perspectives on research. Yeah. Okay. So, specifically, like PM User Journal, no, I I can't name can't name anything. Okay, so you're editor in chief now. What's the big goal for you? Like, what what are you going to do that you think might be a little different, say, than what Matt had done? Or I don't know if there was even anyone. I guess whoever was before him years prior. Mr. Callis was for volume three. Um, I can't remember the other two off the top of my head. I feel so bad, but they did amazing work. Yeah. So I think for volume five, I think for next year, I want I want to have more awards. I want more people recognized. Perhaps I'll I'll go through the old ones and and point out what what's really resonating as as I wouldn't say the best, but as something that really sticks and touches the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. So I think for next next award event that we host next year, I'd like to have more more awards go out. I want more people to feel what it's like to be in the spotlight. You know, sure. um, I think for special issue, it, it's still a work in progress, but I think it's leaning more towards a health science special edition. Okay. Just because there's been interest from the National Microbiology Lab. Oh, we really? have people who specialize in HIV and infectious diseases interested, molecular wow. biology. Um, so, so far, we've got three submissions. Oh, wow. And there's a couple really more coming as well. One's coming from um, focusing on a doctor who does infectious diseases and like epidemiology and all that. And I just, I I love diseases so much. So it's like, it makes me so happy, you know? Um, That's kind of where I'm going, at least for like the special issue, um, for recognition for these people doing Mm -hmm. such great work. Let's say a student reads this article and says, you know, holy cow, I want to get involved. 
what are this what would the, what are the steps to get to you know from just being a student say reading this to being actively involved in PM user step one be inspired step two feel the ambition I guess <laughs> <laughs> like it's I had to be inspired to get involved you know I had to I had to see I had to envision myself actively involved yeah and I think when I saw that that's when I knew that's when I knew I was getting committed that's when I started sending that letter of interest and and asking for that application form you know like I don't want it mm -hmm. um, but into how to actually get involved send us an email pmuser at umanitoba.ca it's an application form mm -hmm. a resume a letter of interest just so I know you're committed and a letter of support Cree language skills are embedded in a fun story for children in a U of M assistant professor's new book. Dallas Hunt, who teaches in the Faculty of Arts, held the official launch and live reading of his children's book, Oasis and the World Famous Bannock, January 22nd at the Migazi Agamic Foyer. Our news reporter, David Zarangi, sat down with Dallas to talk about the book. So the book begins with uh, a character named Oasis and... Uh, she is getting a basket of bannock from her cookum, um, and she's supposed to take it to a relative, and along the way she loses the bannock, and she's sort of, you know, distraught or whatever, and then she starts to encounter some other-than-human relatives sort of in the forest and asks them, you know, do you have any bannock? Mm -hmm. And each one of these relatives um, doesn't have any bannock, but they respond, you know, I don't have bannock, but I have this ingredient. Mm -hmm. So it's really Oasis just sort of navigating the forest and running into these, uh, into her relatives and then asking them if they have bannock, but they have other recipe items and then when she gets back to her cookum's house she's able to then make bannock and she shares it with all of her animal friends yeah, yeah. what's the uh, inspiration behind the book um, why did you choose to well inspiration in general i guess yeah so um really it was based on a trip i was driving from vancouver to edmonton which is a long drive and along the way, we, um, I was driving with my partner at the time, we saw this big sign in the shoe shops area that was hmm. as big, as massive as pink, and then written in, I think, like, black paint was the word Bannock. Hmm. And so we were like, we really want some of that Bannock, and so we tried to find it, and we couldn't find it anywhere. We must have drove around for 25, 30 minutes, and... Never found it. <laughs> yeah. And you figured some kids might also have this Yeah, problem. might have the same problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, so I kind of squirreled it away a little bit and was like, because it was a lot of fun when we were trying to find it. It got ridiculous. Right. Cause we an were adventure. Like, yeah, exactly. And so I was like, well, that might be a kid's book one day. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough. <laughs> yeah. have you, is this the uh, first kind of book you've written kids yeah uh, it's my first book yeah I usually write poetry but I haven't um, I don't have a manuscript hmm. uh, full manuscript ready yet but you know I published in like literary journals and stuff like that so the hope there is to finally get enough poetry to then have a book released hmm. are there a lot of indigenous uh, children's book that people can find yeah there are tons um, and there's more and more sort of coming uh, you know out in sort of a, a nice sort of healthy uh, pace. Um, there, uh, Julie Flett, she's an illustrator and actually a writer too from Vancouver. She's Korean Métis 
and she has a few children's books out, one of which is Counting in Cree. She has, I think, a book on Cree colors, just all of these amazing books. Uh, she, as an illustrator, has worked with Richard Van Camp, who is also writing a lot of children's books. Um, Monique Gray Smith, David Alexander Robertson, just a lot of great children's books like coming out and that are already available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people get your book? My book is at uh, McNally Robinson. It's also available online, either through Portage in Maine or Highwater mm-hmm. Press. Um, uh, generally, I tend to... Um, I understand that Amazon is a giant uh, global capitalist kind of empire that has a lot of horrendous labor practices and stuff like that. And so usually I steer them in the direction of smaller, independent, you know, mm. uh, book houses and stores and stuff like that. That said, it's also available. And as everything is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so there's, I read uh, a little bit, and then there was a part of the book that has uh, some pronunciation help uh, for the words in yeah, the yeah. book, is there? Yeah. Yeah, so at the back at the back of the book, there's the pronunciation guide, and um, yeah, when I was I wrote the book, and then I just sort of delivered it to the publishers, and they were like, "Okay, but how do we say these words?" Mm-hmm. And so at the back, I just quickly provided a uh, pronunciation guide that is um, the way that I sort of pronounce the words, which in some cases might not resonate with everyone. I mean, the great thing about Korea is that there's so many different speakers, so many different dialects, Mm -hmm. and uh, everyone's on this sort of different uh, continuum or or sort of, you know, spectrum of fluency that it's sort of... um, there's a lot of sort of diversity in Korea itself, so... uh, But I tried to get the pronunciation guide as... Um, true decree as possible, right. I guess. Yeah, and so now it's it's more than just a, a book that entertains, it also uh, yeah. teaches. Yeah, so it teaches, and that's one of the primary functions, I think, is it, so it's targeted towards young kids, and it's really to sort of naturalize or normalize sort of the Cree language at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And it's for Cree children specifically, but other indigenous children, but I also think there are sort of... Um, I have sort of other ideas in the text that I think would be applicable to non-Indigenous children Mm -hmm. as well. And so in addition to the pronunciation guide, too, there's a bannock recipe at the end. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that takes the uh, mystery out of the adventure for... (laughs) Well, you you have to see how she gets all the ingredients. (laughs) Yeah, and then you get to the very end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Well, before we end this one, last question. What is your favorite word in the book? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think my favorite word is probably... So I have a few. So one is like oho, or some people might pronounce it uhu, but um, that's actually the Cree word for owl. Mm. And there's a lot of words in Cree that are sort of... uh, It's a lot of... um, What's... I just blanked on that word. What is that word? Uh, onomatopoeia, you know, where it sounds like yes, what it is. right, right. So, um, there's that. The other word, there's another word, seep. Uh, and so if you think seep, it's the Cree word for duck. And if you think about a duckling, you know, they might make a seep. Um, the one that I like to use at readings is nitotem, which just means my friend. And so, yeah, children seem to like that one a lot. Yeah. 
which I know I said that this was the last, but That's okay. I, this, <laughs> this question just occurred to me. Which ingredient was the toughest for Oasis to find? Um, yeah, so there's sort of a twist at the end of the book. It's not really a twist, oh. but there's an ing- ingredient she doesn't find in the forest, but is brought to her. And so, uh, yeah, there's sort of somebody hiding throughout the book in all the sort of spreads and all the pains. And I think if you read it the first way through, you don't really see it. Uh, see that this character is in, like, every single page of the book. But um, at the end, this character brings Awasa's uh, last ingredient. But I won't spoil it. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say, don't tell me too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dr. Yeah, Ryan. thanks for interviewing me. your time. The Middle Coast, comprised of Dylan McDonald, Liam Duncan, and Roman Clark, will be playing their EP release and farewell show on February 2nd. This will mark their last performance as a band for the foreseeable future. The band has been playing together for seven years since high school. Our arts and culture editor, Amelia Fournier, sat down with the trio to hear their final thoughts and feelings as the band's time together comes to an end. Well, it's not quite initial at this point. <laughs> We've known for a while, so like, yeah. but you know, there was, lo- there was lots of... Uh... I think there were lots of feelings, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Like, it, I think we're all uh, kind of like sad about, about it to some extent because we've been doing it for so long and it's such a good, it's been such a good thing, and we've all learned so much and grown so much all together, which is like a, you know, it's a pretty special experience to like have with your best buds. Yeah. <clears throat> that said, I think like uh, with given a little bit of space, I think we all sort of have come to terms at least with the fact that we can all do work on our own and mm-hmm. and maybe it's even more efficient and more creatively fulfilling anyways yeah so i think i think, think we're happy to like release this ep and uh do the show and sort of bring it to like a, an end that we can all feel feel good about to some extent and then yeah i think it'll be uh interesting though still like i mean it's already been interesting because we normally would be hanging out and playing together like literally all the time mm-hmm. before it'd be like see each other five days a week at least and then when we're all doing stuff on our own in our own basements it's yeah like, you don't do that as much so yeah it's definitely different yeah you guys <laughs> yeah life is definitely different <laughs> <laughs> to, to go from like uh walking from my house to your house roman's house to liam's house yeah every single day to just, like, sitting in my room. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a different way to spend your time, but, like, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with Liam. I think it's, uh, it's just that amount of change in general is tough along with, uh, kind of anything that goes along with, uh, you know, just, yeah, that much change in general, but, um, then having, having time away from it to realize that, uh, um, maybe, you know, there's things that you're really excited about uh, moving forward and, and that, you know, it's kind of, I, 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 I told a friend, Bobby DeJarle from Attica Riots and mm-hmm. he, he, he kind of reacted pretty perfectly to it. He, he said something along the lines of like, oh yeah. He's like, I felt like that was always going to happen. I mean, you guys were playing together since high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you, you gotta do some other, other. Yeah. So I thought he summed that up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Life is pretty long, and your musical life is pretty long as well. So yeah. there's like, 
I think it's natural to go through a couple different creative projects. And I think if you, honestly, if you look at like a lot of people who end up doing really well, half the time they'll have gone through like four different bands that mm-hmm. they put their whole life into for like years. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I'm really like f- proud of a lot of the work that we did and we had some pretty hilariously fun and weird experiences together, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's all you can ask for. That's awesome. <laughs> like a little bit of separation anxiety, but ultimately, like for sure, you guys are super pumped in general, <clears throat> yeah, which exactly. is cool. Yeah, yeah, music is still fun. Still <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. that kind of never changes. Yeah. Um. So you guys have been playing together since high school. Like, how many years has it been now? Seven. Seven. Yeah, seven years. Right on. Seven or eight. I think seven. seven. I'm pretty sure I, I was fifteen. Doing an interview the other day too. Yeah. Right to actually think about it i usually just say anywhere three three but between three and ten mm-hmm. it's accurate because like, <laughs> i joined the band uh the summer after grade nine so i would have been 15 at the time now i'm 22 so. no you're right. 19 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere between 10. yeah 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 right on um yeah like what do you guys think you're gonna miss the most about sort of being one single unit western canadian tours <laughs> yeah hell yeah, <Italian>. yeah. <laughs> Definitely, like, some of the, uh, <clears throat> like, what I'm noticing now that I'm, I've, like, booked my own tour and done a bunch of, like, done a bunch of stuff that I used to do for the Middle Coast for myself, writing grants, booking tours, making a record. It's just a lot more pressure on one person. Yeah. And uh, when you don't have anyone to really share that load with, it is, it's definitely harder. Like, I, uh, you know, I live with my room, my roommate's John, and he's the drummer in my band, and... You know, I'll talk to him about some stuff, but at the end of the day, he's like, ah, that's, uh, yeah, that's too bad, but, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I'm for hire, but, yeah, like... Exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I, I didn't get a grant for the tour that I'm doing in March today, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. but, like, I had to text my band and be like, all right, this is the per diems that you're getting. I don't know if it's going to be anything else. <laughs> Hope that's all right, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, that stressed me out, because, yeah. like, you know, I would love... When you're when you're in a band, and you're all three just like in it. Then it just it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the yeah. shared wins and shared losses are. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of unparalleled. Like even in a romantic relationship, it's not the same. Because mm-hmm. you really, at its best, you you want exactly the same thing, and yeah. you're willing to put the same amount of work into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, it's it's strange that way. Like a a, a win, at least for me, a, a win even solo stuff doesn't feel I guess in a, in a way it does there's there's the sense of like you did this all yourself mm-hmm. but uh, yeah there's nothing like sharing a win or having people who are exactly understand how you feel yeah exactly yeah. yeah true enough the, the one thing that, <coughs> that I will probably miss the most I actually kind of only realized the other day when I was like I was just working in a in a studio just like not not really not doing anything creative just like kind of pushing buttons and like engineering or whatever and the producer that was working was like super just like exuberant when I, like oh. something good would happen and it's like someone would do a good vocal take and they'd be like yes you'd be like yes that's amazing <laughs> and like then I kind of realized I was like man having a cheerleader like that is incredible yeah and like that is literally just what you have with a band mm-hmm. is like when you have you just like have people there who are gonna be like when you do something good, they're going to be like, whoa, that was dope. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy that it was dope because it makes a difference for me, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, we always did that on, well on stage, too. Like, if some, one of us did something cool, we'd all yeah, like, but- be like, oh. <laughs>
Yeah, everyone's kind of like on the same page, right? And yeah, so yeah. that co- codependent success, right? Was yeah, exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, the, the cheerleader thing is totally true, but it's fun to like do that with your friends also. Like I, I love getting excited for like either of you or just like mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think you can bring that attitude to a lot of. This probably won't make it in the interview, but <laughs> more general life note, it's fun to bring that attitude <laughs> to like, all situations. Yeah, exactly. It's true. It's a yeah. good point. You'd be surprised what makes it into the article. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I want this to make you guys look good. Don't worry. Well, make me look however you want. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, so what kind of made you guys decide that you were sort of, or what made you realize, I guess, that Middle Coast was kind of at its end, that you guys wanted to sort of wrap it up? Uh, basically just, like solo projects getting too busy. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And at some point there's just a realization that's like <clears throat> you only have so much creative energy and creative time. Mm-hmm. And you can't, yeah, you can't you can't split your time between. You can't. Yeah. Like Especially at this it age like work. no, it just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. you need to do one thing and you need to do it really well. Yeah, for sure. That's hard enough. Yeah. Creating is one thing, but then like having a having like a career in music is something totally different you have to be like responsible in both of those yeah for yourself and for other people yeah yeah kind of, like you guys kind of already answered that question with your other answers about sort of the stuff you're already kind of working on and all of the energy you need to put into like developing yourself as a musician right like mm-hmm. at a certain point there's some kind of shift that needs to happen to like catalyze like evolution right so Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, what are some of the things you guys have learned from each other or about each other? Sure. <laughs> as a band. Someone else go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, learned a lot about people for sure. Um, and about relationships and whatnot for sure. Because, uh, yeah, again, it, it's a it's strange relationship being in a band. Even, like, it, more intimate than... Uh, romantic relationship <laughs> in many ways in some ways I yeah. probably yeah I'd probably say I know these dudes maybe better than any romantic partner I've ever been <laughs> certainly been with them longer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that should do it for today's episode of Tobin Tuesdays, brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM. Once again, the interviews you heard today were provided by Malak Abbas, David Zarangi, and Amelia Fournier. The intro and transition music was produced by Kenny Ingram. And the entire episode was produced and hosted by me, Joe Gonzalez. A reminder that all the interviews you heard today, you can read about in the stories available in the upcoming issue of the Manitoban this week. Tobin Tuesdays is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure to check us out to find our old episodes, as well as subscribe so you don't miss a future one. As always, we also have a show page on umfm.com. On behalf of the Manitoban, we thank you for listening, and we'll hope you tune in next week. Peace.